0: Well, as our children are going away to their children's church, I want you to pay attention to something that's very vital and something necessary for you to be on board and be plugged in so that God can get to you the very things that are waiting to be nourished in your soul and heart. Today's subject is all synchronized around everything we do at the Treacher's table today is all synchronized around this one thing, and that is Passion Week, Passion Week. And not only is it synchronized around Passion Week, it's synchronized about seeing what Jesus did for us that week. Passion Week is our subject, and we are specifically doing what? Would you read that with me? We're seeing what? Seeing what? What Jesus did for us that week. Next Sunday's subject continues with Passion Week seeing what Jesus did for us that week and you don't want to miss it because we are potentially going to have some special guests that are going to come in and further our understanding about what Jesus did and if there's any one central thing we can do is we need to see every single thing that Jesus did for us amen, amen. And so therefore I would ask that you be here next week for part two but before we go into part two let's get into part one and that simply is this Here it is, these wonderful, significant symbols that the man of God has uh, put together for us. Brother Gabriel, he's an artist. I'm telling you, he knows how to work both right and left brain. Amen? Just an incredible, articulate, analytical, and everything. But this today, that to your left, or the first one is a palm. And so therefore, we understand that it begins from a palm. And therefore, uh, with that being said, the next one is path. We're going to study one palm. We're going to study two paths. And then number three, we're going to study the Passover meal today. Is everybody ready? We're going to study the palm. We're going to study what it means. And so today's special member for our first view is Palm Sunday. We're having none other than the theologian himself, Pastor Jeremy. Let's welcome Pastor Jeremy as he comes up in Jesus name. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Y'all like my table, amen? Oh. Let <laughs> I me mean, understand, Pastor Jeremy put it together. Are you with me, amen? Praise God. Well, here we go. Uh, Pastor Jeremy, we want to study the Palm, um, and more importantly, Palm Sunday. We begin that Passion Week began with the Palm Sunday. So please just kind of explain to us what exactly is Palm Sunday and its origin and what does it mean and, and why does it start everything for Passion Week? Sure.
1: Palm Sunday is obviously very significant. Um, one thing that you'll notice in scriptures, in the four gospels, there are a select few things that are in all four gospels. One of those happens to be Passover or the, what's called uh, triumphal entry mm-hmm. and Palm Sunday uh, if you recall, there were times where uh, one specifically was where his disciples said, let's go up to uh, Jerusalem and celebrate the, it was, uh, let me look at my notes here. I'm sorry. Uh, Feast of the Tabernacles. And he says, that, my time has not come yet. And f- he says, for you, any time is right. Hmm. And so there was obviously a timeline in which Jesus was, uh, attuned to in which the way god wanted to unfold things mm-hmm. and so for palm sunday it's called the si- si- triumphal entry he comes he asks his disciples go get this donkey and uh, bring it to me and then he rides into town on a donkey and the people it's a a, a scene that was quite celebratory With people waving palms, putting down their garments as as he walked into town, and it was very significant in signifying, yes, I am the Messiah. Yes, I am the King, Um, and he's he's acknowledging that publicly in a way that he hadn't done previously.
0: Amen. Praise God. So he Jesus enters into Jerusalem, and he comes into Jerusalem, and he, in essence, it began to snowball in effect his entry after he had told his disciples to go get a coat. And he rode in on a coat and then people just began to gather all over the streets Mm -hmm. and put out not only their garments in front of him, but they also found palm trees, which was more accessible and laid them down before him. Is that, is that what you're saying? That's right. So since the new Testament or the gospels were not written yet, was this a fulfillment of something? I mean, what, why did this take place and is this found in the Old Testament somewhere? Why does Jesus do this and how and why would he know? Though he's the word, how and why would we know that he was doing something? Sure. Um,
1: even if you, if you read the, four, the, the different gospel accounts, there's one in Matthew 21, Mark 11, Luke 19, and John 12. And he, in each of those, the author's, bring out a little different details of what took place. Um, but in terms of the scriptures that we're fulfilling, it's most specifically is Zechariah mm. 9.9. And, and that reads, and I'll read it to you. you. You can bring it up there if you'd like. It says, Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey. Riding on a donkey's colt, hmm. and it says in the scriptures that they didn't understand all that took place till afterwards, and so even the disciples didn't fully understand what was taking place. Um, but afterwards, they were they had greater understanding. Oh, that fulfilled that scripture. I don't think everyone that was present was like, "Dude, Zechariah nine is happening right now." <laughs> But there was an understanding of an anticipation of a king and the Messiah and and in which Jesus was certainly
0: embracing and showing himself to be. Amen. You know, we've missed the passage of Scripture. Perhaps we could go to that passage of Scripture that you have to us to see what took place um, on that particular commemorative Palm Sunday that you found there in Mark. So let's if you have a Bible, please, if you would, or if you need the ushers to do so, I'm going to ask that you not rely on the screens because we're here to study and reach into the word of God and see what Jesus is saying from the scriptures. Is everybody with me on that? Amen. So from Mark chapter 11, if you would go there, we would appreciate it greatly. Mark chapter 11. And if you're taking notes, which we recommend that you do so that you can see Jesus more clearly, we're going to ask that you would write down Mark 11, Starting at verse
2: 1.
0: Should I go ahead and read through that? Sure. You, You can read with me. It says, As Jesus and his disciples
1: approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it, and you will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, What are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Praise God in the highest heaven! So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple after looking around carefully and everything. He left it. Was, it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with his twelve disciples.
0: And everybody said, amen. amen. Amen.
1: And I would add that um, if you look at Acts 1-6, it's really interesting to, to observe his disciples. This is after he died, was rose again, and w- w- appeared to them. They asked him this question in Acts 1-6. They said, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they were asking him, Lord, has the time come for you now to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So they're still looking for Jesus. Okay, you did the dying thing. You did the raising from the dead thing, but you're still supposed to do what a king's supposed to do and take and free Israel from Roman rulership. Mm-hmm. So they're still looking for him to take by force their picture of what they thought a king was supposed to do to fulfill his kingship. And, and Jesus obviously had a different plan of unfolding the kingdom than what people envisioned.
0: Mm. Amen. You know, I think also historically speaking, uh, Pastor Jeremy, you can kind of flesh that out some more because this is even symbolic in what he rode in on, yeah. right? I mean, meaning here it is. He chose the donkey or he chose the colt. It fulfilled the Scriptures, but not only did it fulfill the Scriptures, what else did he do?
1: Well, it was common practice to ride in a horse was was a symbol of victorious uh, in, in, in intent of war. And that was very, very pervasive in its no- knowledge and understanding. And he rode on a donkey, which was simply displaying peace. Hmm. And it, it it blew their minds. I mean, like, this was so otherworldly w- that a king who was to be the Messiah, the ruler, would come in on a donkey proclaiming that I come in peace. I have no intent of war. I've come to, to bring
0: peace. Hmm. Yes, sir. You know, I... I I can't help it. I know we didn't totally want to go this direction and plan it out, but you know, I just think it's important that in our scholarly findings or whatever is that I think it causes us to look reflectively at we today still want Jesus to be something that he has no intent on being. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And sometimes we, we make God in our image rather than us being made in his image. And we all bring our predispositions of our set of beliefs and our experiences that we project onto the scriptures rather than allowing them to teach us and shape what our view are the picture he wants to draw of who he really is
0: amen you know some scholars would go as far to say that it even probably etched out part of and we don't know all of fully what was in his heart but it probably etched out a part of even judas's feeling like Jesus was betraying him mm-hmm. by not fulfilling being a, a, a strong and powerful king and rulership and overtaking Rome. Is, would, that, would that be found to be a yeah, I think so. So tell us maybe also in some of these images that we have, we have palms now, we have a coat, we have um, their, their clothes being laid before them, and, and, and here we are really in this kind of hooray, of them saying Hosanna, and so what does some of those symbols mean? What, sure. Is there meaning behind some of those things?
1: Well, th- we've, we've covered the donkey and, and that being a symbol of peace, and, and the palms were uh, a symbol of victory. It was a symbol of celebration, and this was a scene of, you know, like you can liken it to uh, the team that had just won the championship or taking their tour through the town and everybody's celebrating, mm. and... In, in a real sense, that this was a, a, a live scene of of just everybody was was excited and, and there was, was great anticipation of.
0: Mm, sure. Uh, well, Pastor Jimmy, <laughs> I can't help but say it, but you know, we can call it Palm Sunday, but there's another P we could use as well, and that is they're in the middle of a huge, huge parade.
1: Mm-hmm. Does
0: everybody agree with that? This is a parade, right? And uh, I think there's nothing better to find than at a parade than children. And I wish we could um, glean from you as the children's pastor and marriage and family pastor some of the thoughts of children. Maybe we can get that later. But, you know, when I grew up and I was going to a parade, you know, I didn't think that I was going to go do something for the parade. I went to the parade to do something for me, Mm -hmm. you know. And I just think that that's a wonderful thing that here it is, children parents everyone they're out there they're giving to their king and to their messiah so i think that's a beautiful image of the parade what else could you say that's relative to us and what speaks to us as a congregation about palm sunday and maybe what how you threw it see it in your eyes
1: yeah i think the one reflection i had on this is that they did it with a, a partial understanding because they didn't understand the unfolding of all that was taking place. We have the the privilege of looking, hindsight, you know, uh, uh, of seeing that this was a fulfillment of this, 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 this. Everything was fulfilled just as God said it would be. And what I I likened, I was talking to Pastor about this, is like, has anyone watched a a, a replay video of a winning shot to to win like a championship? Perhaps. You know? (laughs) Maybe this weekend, I don't know. (laughs) And when, when it's your, like, maybe your favorite player on your favorite team, it doesn't matter if it's in the past. It's still, you can relive the glory of seeing that moment and, you know, of just, like, you want to show other people, you got to see this. This was a last buzzer beater shot that, that won the game, and you want to show other people. And in the essence, we have the opportunity to, to see this as a picture of what Jesus did Um, And do it with understanding because we know what he was doing. This was fulfilling and he he nailed it. Amen. And um, and we have the privilege of celebrating and rejoicing and worshiping with understanding because we know all that he fulfilled.
0: Praise God. Is that good? Does everybody recognize at least minimally that the first day of Passion Week was Sunday? And on that Sunday, there was Palm Sunday where Jesus rode in, in a parade. Everybody understand that? Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for Pastor Jeremy in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Now we've accomplished and we've seen the first stop or the first viewing is Palm Sunday. And so now what we want to do is we want to go to the second portion of what we're looking at in our symbol, and that is the path. Everybody say the path. So our second sight is his path or Jesus's path. And you want to catch this is from Monday, what we're calling Monday through Wednesday. So we're going to glance into and see what Jesus did for us Monday through Wednesday. And everybody said, amen. Amen. In order to give this an understanding and to go deeper, we're going to reach in and some more of our special members. Let's thank God. For Brother Aaron Mason. He's going to come up with that right now and let's give him a big round of applause. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, this church is becoming more and more and more people outdressing me. I don't know what's going on. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Well, Brother Aaron, thank you for doing this. And uh, we know that you already Uh, fulfill so many roles. And so let me try to share with the congregation what we've attempted to do here. We reached into Pastor Jeremy, who is not only a wonderful master degree theologian and very well communicated, clear in how he speaks and caused us to understand Palm Sunday. You kind of represent um, that that maybe that whole middle and he's also representing the children uh, lightheartedness and playful and uh, just really being innocent but you represent that whole middle section of our congregation those that first of all you're just outside of that total you know enmeshed in the collegiate years but yet and still you're a student right is that right not only are you a student but you're also a full-time worker at sour is that right so here you are that's domestic very much so anybody with 40 hours can say amen I got a much more, a little hearty amen on that. Some of y'all said, well, I actually work 62 hours, Pastor. (laughs) And so here it is. So you represent that group of people, but then you're also an unmarried, handsome, fine, Bible-toting, believing man of God. As well. And therefore, here you are. You represent those that are not only collegiate, you represent those that are domestic, but you represent the whole kind of core. And so I just want to hear your thoughts on it. So your first thoughts is we're going to take a look at Jesus's path. And I want to see the path as as it relates to this season of life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what happened on Monday? What's what happened on Monday and significant? You know, we just got an understanding what happened on Sunday. Jesus completes his triumphant entry. What happens on Monday?
3: Uh, well, Pastor, let's uh, take a look at the video.
0: Oh, all right. Got a video clip. I didn't realize you're a movie star as well. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Praise God. So who are you in that again? I'm sorry, <laughs> brother. <laughs> well, what can you share about what happened on Monday? I mean, that's, that's, that's a very captivating picture, and I know for me, and maybe even some of our congregation, it's hard to see Jesus what seemingly is in a violent circumstance. So maybe you can sh- shed some light on that.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> um, so obviously Jesus had an intended purpose for the temple, and um, due to being human, uh, wanted to the people wanted to make something that was theirs. And and have something that they could control, um, so. That that being said, they they made the temple about like, personal gain and and money and and uh, and and not about prayer, uh, so so God was upset about that. It wasn't being used like it was supposed to be. Praise God.
0: Um, can you show us that in the text? I think we have a text prepared, so we can take a look at that.
3: So the text will be. Um, Matthew twenty-one, twelve through twenty-two is a is the text.
0: Everybody turn to Matthew. Twenty-one. And if you would go ahead and start reading, starting at verse twelve. He's going to be reading out of the NIV. You just follow along in your translation. Go
3: ahead. All right. So Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables and the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Is, uh, it is written, he said to them, my house will be called the house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. Uh, but when the chief priests and teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear the hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, he repli- uh, replied, Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of the children and infants, you have ordained praise.
0: Yes, Lord.
3: Um, and then he left them and went out to the city of Bethany where he spent the night. Early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Um, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer.
0: And Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. I'm going to ask everybody to be prompted to go ahead and turn to Mark 11. And let's take a look at verses 15 and 19 as Brother Aaron has something real special that he'll get to eventually on that as well. Turn your scriptures to Mark 11. I'm going to ask that you do so because what we're wanting to do is just get you more familiarized with your Bible as well. Um, how many understand when you are at home, you don't have screens that you look up to and see them. Amen. amen. Praise God. So, Mark 11, and this, likewise, is Monday. It'll go into Tuesday a little bit, but uh, let's go ahead and follow along, starting at verse 15. Go ahead, Brother Aaron.
3: On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables and the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts as he was... uh, and as he taught them, he said, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Um, when the evening came, they went out of the city. Everybody said amen. Amen.
0: So basically, um, I think that this can conclude just by Scripture, uh, Brother Aaron. Um, This pretty much so is the large impacting thing, though there were some other things that Jesus did on Monday. Well, what are the thoughts towards Tuesday? What happened on Tuesday of Jesus' life on this path? So this first path, he cleanses the temple. What happens on Tuesday?
3: Well, on Tuesday, (laughs) he was actually challenged by basically the crowd, the Pharisees, the Sadducees um uh who about who he was hmm. and um and and in his defence Jesus used parables to kind of change the way that everybody thought about him um and and kind of to to show everybody who he really was so uh the first one i guess that I wanted to point out was um. Jesus said in Matthew 22, uh, 41 through 46. Um, I'll start reading at 41. Yes, sir. While the Pharisees were gathered there together, or gathered together there, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Then David calls him Lord. How can he be a son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day, no one dared to ask him any more questions. You know,
0: Jesus had to know how to make you be quiet.
3: (laughs) He never even told him to be
0: quiet. Jesus just was (laughs) bad. Amen. Hey, I love how Mary calls it. says Rabboni. Amen. Which means master teacher. Jesus could teach and silence the crowd. Amen. That's very beautiful. You know, I know we're we're running on time here, but, you know, brother, and there was something maybe that you wanted to point out significant in your own personal life or um, portions of what you might want to share out of these passages of scripture or thoughts of how you see them apply to your path and this particular season of your life. Again, um, somewhere, you know, uh, representing domestic, representing full-time position, representing the collegiate student, uh, young, having a social life, all of those types of things. I won't even tell them what time you were still doing notes last night. I won't even say anything like that, my brother. I'm just saying, you know, maybe you ought to share. How does this apply? (laughs) Amen. Amen.
3: Uh, well, there's a, there's a lot I actually took from uh, these passages. Um, for example, uh, we didn't actually get to, I guess, the part where Jesus starts talking about the end times and uh, what's actually going to take place. But um, when you start digging into the scriptures, you find out that he he took time for like rest and relaxation, and um, and also preparation for what was about to happen. Um, and so I think from that I took that it's, it's good to um, take a step away from everything that's going on in your life and have quiet time, a chance to pray, um, meditate on, on past, present, and future, um, things that, um, I guess, that you're going to do um, that are going to come into your life and, and, and what God wants you to do with those, those uh, I guess, situations. Praise God.
0: It's really good. I'm going to slow it down and kind of break that up for us a little bit. Um, If you see on the screen here, it says Mount of Olives discourse. Everybody say Mount Mount of Olives discourse. Okay, this is what is known, what was significant of what Jesus did on Tuesday. We know what he did on Sunday. That's Palm Sunday. We know what he did on Monday. We know that he went into the temple and cleansed the temple. On Tuesday, he goes up to Mount of Olives and he gives the, what is known as the Mount Olive discourse. And one of the things I think I found interesting, Brother Aaron, in this is that this was a very lengthy in how they recorded Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. The way they record this is it's a lot of passage of scripture, which is to say, Jesus, some of the recordings of his teachings and parables that we have of him all took place in the last week of his life. I don't know if we get that, right? So here he is ministering three and a half years as, you know, we think in he, you know, time and history says that he might have started when he was 29 and a half and he, you know, is crucified and is raised from the dead and he ascends to the right the father around 33. But here it is at this particular time, he's in his last week and he knows what this week means, but here he is on this mountain and he's opening up and pouring out the scriptures to his disciples and to all who wanted to hear. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus taught us. Jesus did what? Uh-huh. He didn't just do for us, but he taught us. Praise God. And so, therefore, one of the things that Brother Aaron is, is uh, speaking about is, um, you know, I'll let him finish on that last note, but then Wednesday. I don't want to leave you out. Everybody say Wednesday. Wednesday. Turn your name and say, what did he do, did he do? on Wednesday? You might want to catch this Wednesday of Passion Week. Wednesday of what? Passion Week. We've covered Sunday. What happened on Sunday? What happened on Monday? What happened on Tuesday? Mount of Olives. On Wednesday, there's no scriptural references of what Jesus did on Wednesday in the Gospels. There's no scriptural reference of what Jesus did On Wednesday, therefore, it is known as quiet or silent Wednesday. It's known as silent Wednesday. I don't know if you get this. Every young person, every domestic person, every growing and maturity person ought to capture what we're saying. Wednesday was quiet. Wednesday was what? Which gives us an example that we ought to have what in our lives? We have quiet times. Brother Aaron just shared it with us, right? Two things. Quiet times represents rest. I think you should be taking good notes. Quiet times represents what? And Jesus rested from Sunday, Hosanna, Triumph of Parade. Monday, tearing up some stuff, overturning some stuff. Amen. Tuesday, preaching all day. And Wednesday, he rests. Amen. Second thing Wednesday represents, quiet day. He represents he was being prepared for what was to come. Sometimes we're not able to fulfill or complete the things in our lives because we have not had quiet times. And when we don't have quiet times, we putter out of energy. Amen. Look at that brother over there. See, I told you. Amen. Which brings us to this point that he was saying. I just think that people in your season of life have so much wiring and so much social things going on and have to be so many places would you say that there's any quiet
3: time? Have to make time for quiet time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there. There is quiet time even with uh, like a, a busy schedule. I mean, um, it all really comes down to, um, I guess, setting setting time aside for it. Um, whether it's immediately when you wake up or before you go to bed every night. Sure. Um, or just finding some. Two, three minutes in the middle of your busy day just to to stop and pray and kind of hear from God.
0: Amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's thank God for Brother Aaron. That was wonderful. Thank you, Madam God. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Well, for just a moment, we've got uh, a sponsor for today. (laughs) Say a Sponsor. Today's sponsor, The Treacher's Table, is sponsored today by Welches. <laughs> Welches, amen? And how many understand you cannot spell, oh, look at that. You can't spell communion without mm-hmm. Welches, amen? Praise God. How many know you can't spell communion without Welches? Praise God. So, for our sponsor today, for whoever gets out there, and we'll make sure our ministry leadership team has them out there. But we've got at least 48 single drinks of Welch's juices for people today. That's being sponsored. And then we've got some of these nice ones who some of you family that need to take them home because your children drink nothing but the finest of Welch's juice. So the first eight to get those, you'll get that today. Y'all, love, y'all my family might be spying in on that over there. I don't know. But you get to have some Welch's juice today. Everybody said, praise God. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, you know what? All that does is says this. We want to get ready for our super special members today who is going to really bring this to a culmination. And so with that being said, let's take a look at this. First, we have the palm. Then we stopped at the path. The path was Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And now what we want to do is to look at the Passover. And as we look at the Passover, the third thing to see is the Passover meal. Would you please give a round of applause and a thank God for the Lawsons who are coming up to teach us about the Passover meal? Amen. Would you do that as they come? Let me give this away. So you know how those uh, preparations and shows have the absolute most elegant person to come up and make something? Welcome to Mother Lawson. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to have a fabulous teaching here today, if you will. Thank you for joining us, Lawsons, if you will. And I know... That uh, not everyone has had this privilege of really learning what we're about to endeavor into today. Um, So I'm just going to jump in and ask you right away, you know. uh, We've got some of these religious um, kind of tones that some people hear. And they they may be in churches their whole lives. And they just go along with the program, even as childhood. And we don't always understand everything. So just explain to us what exactly is Passover or what is the Passover meal?
4: Well, the Lord's Passover, I should say, happened the night that the death angel passed uh, through the land of Egypt. All the firstborn ch- children were born, even the animals. Um, but the blood of the Israelites, um, I mean, the blood was over the door, uh, the lentils and the doorpost and the homes of the Israelites. And the death angel passed over their homes, all mm. of the homes, not one experienced death. Mm. And then um, I like to explain how the Passover meal uh, wasn't um happening w- what the lord instructed them to do um they were to kill one male lamb or goat and um without a blemish in the evening and of the of the night they're supposed to have passover and sprinkle the blood on the on the doorpost and the lentils of their home hmm. and um then they were to roast that lamb that same lamb um in fire which means judgment, Mm. and eat it entirely, the head, the legs, the entrails, and you think, oh, my goodness, we don't do that today. (laughs) 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 But anyway, they were told to eat all of it. Um, And they were to eat it with unleavened bread and also of bitter herbs. And the bitter herbs were um, to remind them through the years that they were once slaves in the land of Egypt. They they were not to forget that. Mm. And the unleavened bread... Was made without yeast. Yeast stands for a sin. Yes, ma'am. And unleavened is un, um, without sin. And we know that Jesus was without sin. Yes, Lord. Um, okay, so every part of the lamb has significance to the health of the Israelites. Every part. And the legs, like when they ate the legs, you think about the Israelites being slaves in Egypt, how they were in weakened condition. Probably they were not in good shape. Mm. But When they ate the legs, Mm. if they needed to eat the legs to be strong again, they ate the legs of the lamb. My God! And by the way, uh, there was a lamb for each household. Um, So that's an example um, Mm. of um, of what they were supposed to do. Um, There was not one feeble one among them. Mm. This was uh, written written in Psalms 105:35, and and I think that's really remarkable. Everyone, everyone was, had strength to leave. And you think about it in the movie, The Ten Commandments, how, you know, they didn't really get it right because we saw a people in that oh, movie coming right, out right. with, you know, they Cripple didn't, crippled and, yes, and yeah. right, mm-hmm. and stretchers even, you know. So, I mean, th- they, they did not understand this part. But anyway, this is a foreshadow of the entire gospel message. Thousands of years before Jesus was born, this laid out the whole picture of the Lamb of God, who would take away the sins of the world. Mm. Um, anyway, then our, in Exodus 12:11, um, they were to eat the roasted lamb and uh, standing up, they were to put on their um, have their loins girded, their shoes on and their staff in mm. hand. and they were to meet, eat the meal in haste. Can you just imagine the night that all this was taking place? The Israelites? You know, we're eating this meal, but as they were secure and safe, you know, just safe in the Lord. Yes, you know, Lord. And the blood covering them. The, the death angel was going through the land, and there was much death, and there was just wailing and crying all throughout the land. Yes, Lord. And, you know, um, Pharaoh um, sent for Moses, and he said, get out, so to speak. Yes, That's ma'am. very paraphrased. That's all right. But leave. Now go and worship your God, and so that's the reason they had to, I think, be ready to go because when he said the word, they left their homes. Um, so that's that's um, how that how, how they did that. And there's another thing that I like to mention too. Yes, ma'am. Um, the Lord instructed through Moses that they go to their neighbors, their Egyptian neighbors, and ask for gold <laughs> and ask for silver <laughs> and even their clothes, and um, and. It, it, Exodus twelve thirty six says, the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians mm. so that they gave them what they asked. And they stripped the Egyptians of those things. Wow. They were eager to see them go. And, you know, you think, why did the Lord ask them to do that? Well, you know, as slaves, they didn't have anything. That's right. Yes, ma'am. And they lived in Egypt for 430 years. So as slaves, they just probably had the clothes on their back. And they just, you know, had just enough for their sustenance. But the Lord, you know, I, the Lord cares about these things. Even today, he, he cares about our needs. Yes, ma'am. Financially. So, you know, this is a picture of how the Lord t- uh, takes care of us and our, our, our health and our provisions. Right. Every area of our lives. Hmm.
0: Um, just as, Mom, I can't. Yes. I don't, I mean, I don't know how people are sitting in their seat. I, I mean, this is just... <laughs> Is anybody learning anything? But can I get us to cross the bridge from just hearing into living? Amen. Because if you hear this, first of all, our faith, you know, in what we're about to, to take in the communion is not based on some kind of, of lost ritual or some kind of uh, man-made thing. Here it was. If this lamb was killed, the blood was put over their house, death everywhere else but except in your house, this blood has kept me and my family safe
4: yes come amen. on somebody amen.
0: amen praise the lord and 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 you know we all whimpering up here but I, I you know we've got to take this with that's why I believe that this faith connects us. This is not a ritual. This is not grape juice. Yeah, we did Welches mm-hmm. to get you laughing, but we're trying to teach you so we can get to loving this juice mm-hmm. because it's the blood of Jesus that protects me from health, harm, danger, cancer, any Amen. other kind of regenerated disease. Amen. It stops at the blood. Amen. Amen. And then I didn't know this. They had to eat the leg. So the leg of the lamb made my leg strong.
4: Amen. Amen. My God. Amen.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
4: sorry. I'm sorry I'm t-
0: t- t- table, not to the treat you. There's the table. Go ahead,
4: y'all. Go ahead. So we jump to the, sure, the last sure. supper. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, All right. So why is the why is the Passover um, meal called the Last Supper? And I just want to say that this is the last supper, or the meal that the Lord celebrated with His disciples the night that He was betrayed, the night um, before He was crucified. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so does everybody understand that? Like you know, let's not see that on a program, on an Easter program. You know, we use the word resurrection here, but you know, Last Supper. Well, the Last Supper signified that Jesus. This was Jesus's Last Supper, and Jesus, you know, if you want to read that text, Mom, um, Jesus h- had a, a sense of wanting to keep this Passover meal. Yes.
4: Yeah. Luke twenty-two fifteen says, and he said to them, I have earnestly and intensely desired to eat eat this Passover with you before I suffer. (coughs) Amen. (coughs) So he took the the bread and the wine to illustrate what was going to happen to him. Yes, ma'am. Then I used to suffer.
0: Well, tell me, Mom, you know, so here it is. They're at this feast or this festival, which was passed down through generations of their heritage of the Jewish people or of the Judaism, uh, even religion. And, you know, one of these major feasts that they would have a year. And so Jesus thought it was so important. He sends disciples to this person's house. They set it up and he's going to have this last meal with them. So here it is, just a regular meal. The simplicity of the master Rabboni. What does he do with such a simple scene that now became institutionalized that we still do today in remembrance of him, but also that we might receive the power that was allocated? What, what, yes, what is
4: that? well, he took the bread, the unleavened bread, which stood for uh, bread without sin. Which of course, you we're talking about Jesus without sin. Hmm. And I'm going to explain it in just a second. Here. Sure. And then the blood, you know, um, I mean, the wine yeah. is, is the blood. So I would, like to know this. I would like to explain to you uh, the bread. And we call it the matzah bread. And this is commercialized, okay? But, you, you know, um, yesterday I was watching a video of a bread that, you know, is made in a home. And it almost looks like, um, you know, it's round. It looked like a pizza crust, really, in a way. But it had the same markings as this bread. So you can actually get this bread that they've made thousands of years. Um, you know, every Passover, the Jews, uh, you know, they celebrate Passover. So let me just explain explain this to you. Yes, It's ma'am. unleavened, of course, without yeast. It's very flat here. And it's burnt. I it, oh look this Look, this, side, this is a little better. But it's burnt, okay? And, um, and you think about that. His body was burnt because of the full fury of God's judgment mm. um, fell against the um, sins. Mm-hmm. So he was really little... Literally our burnt offering. Amen. Okay. And then there's piercings in it. You can see the piercings, the holes all throughout the bread. Okay, there's seven places I like to s- just to share with you about the piercings or the holes um, that Jesus experienced in his body. Yes, Remember, this represents his body, this bread. Okay. First place I like to mention is that in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was praying, can you just imagine what he was going through? He, he, without sin, was going to have all the sins on himself. Yes, ma'am. And the exa- anxiety and the pain of just thinking through that, he dro- he, sweated such a um, horrible, horrible way that he great drops of blood fell on the ground. So that's really the first place that we see um, Jesus... Uh, shedding some blood. Yes, ma'am. I don't know if anyone has ever had that experience. Yes, ma'am. I don't know if anyone has had that experience, but Jesus, he shed great drops of blood. Yes, ma'am. And then when his back was scourged, that's another place. And of course, we know that his back was scourged so bad that um, it was just like one big hole. Mm. Um, he, He was just beaten and and beaten and really uh the lashes fell continuously on him that all the flesh in his back was gone and like i say it was just like one big hole yes ma'am um and can you imagine what it was like going to the cross i mean carrying the cross when your back is has no skin i know in psalms it says 20 22 7 i can count on my bones mm. and so it's um that is really really sad Okay, and then another place is um, the crown of thorns. He had the crown of thorns on his head, which brought a lot of blood. Um, then his hands, his feet, and after he passed away, of course, um, they pierced his side, yes, and ma'am. blood and water came out of, his, of that area. Um, so this, this bread is really, um, I could say, representative, represents Jesus and the holes. And there's stripes representing the stripes on his back. Yes, ma'am. And the burnt. Did I say that? Did I say it all? The stripes. Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't miss any of these. No, please. Okay. All right, that's right. That's all. Okay. So th- we're going to have this in a little bit later. Okay, i sharing that. All right.
0: Would you like to go to the text or...
4: Let's see here. Yes, First Corinthians, eleven twenty-seven to thirty-one. I'm going to just share with you how one can eat the, how one can um, participate in an unworthy manner, and really, it's really serious. We do not want to eat in an unworthy manner, and I think a lot of people don't understand what, uh, what, uh, the bread and the wine is all about, and I just think they just we just take it, you know, and not really think about it. But let's read the scripture here from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven to 31. So then when whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when he has done so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Okay, 30, verse 30. 29.
0: Mm-hmm. It's still going.
4: Okay, you need to change that. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, um, For anyone who eats,
4: what, am I at food? I'm sorry. Okay. But well, that careless, unworthy participation is the reason many of you are weak and sickly, and quite enough of you have fallen into sleep. <coughs> Where is that? The sleep of death. That changes so quickly. I can't keep <laughs> <laughs> For if we searchingly examined ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment. Amen. So, we don't want to take the, the. We do not want to take the um, uh, communion unworthily. We really must. Um, we must um, understand what the body is all about.
0: You can okay. begin to distribute, brother.
4: Okay. So how are we going to take the bread in a worthy manner? All right? And this is not, we don't take it as if it's a ritual. Yes, we ma'am. understand. And th- let's read from John, John 6. Okay, and this is so important. And, you know, this is something that I didn't realize until a few years ago. I didn't realize the significance and importance like I do now of, of the body of Jesus and and uh, what, it, what it's, The power of it in in communion.
0: Please look at the screens because this is the Amplified Bible.
4: I myself am this living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And also the bread that I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the the Jews angrily contended with one another, saying, How is he able to give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood unless you appropriate his life mm. and the saving merit of his blood. That's good.: uh, He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has and possesses now eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead, so the last day, on the last day. For my flesh is true and genuine food, and my blood is true and genuine drink. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continuously, continually in me. And I, in like manner, dwell continually in me, in him. And I'm thinking about the verse 2, that I am the vine, ye are the branches. Yes, Lord. And so we, we are nothing without Jesus. We can't do anything without him. And we're not abiding in him. We're not in him.
0: Yes, Lord.
4: Um, and so... Um, and I'd like to say one more thing before we take a break here. Yes, ma'am. Um, First Corinthians 11.33 says, when you gather together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. So we want to take time and not hurry. You know, Eve in the garden of Eden. Please, this Eden. is a good point. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes. Um, Eve did not hurry and take that fruit and eat it and give it to her husband. Oh, no. She listened to the voice of the serpent. And he told her how she could live and be wise and be like God. And, and so, yes, yeah, she contemplated. She, she thought it through. And then she even talked her husband into doing the same thing. So that wasn't in a hurry, was it? Hmm. So how much more should we ponder and reflect over, over the, the body and the blood of Jesus?
0: Yes, Lord. Everybody said amen. amen. Let's bow in prayer as they come. You remain seated and hold those elements and we're going to take them together as this song speaks to us about what happened in that Passover meal. Lord Jesus Christ, here it is. You earnestly desire to eat the Passover meal with the disciples so that we would have a reflection and look into the window and see what happened. But little did they know and little do we now need to come and more so realize that you are that Passover lamb. Jesus, may you give us the exchange. Your life for our sin. Our sins for your life. Your health for our brokenness and sickness. Our sickness for your health divine for your righteousness for our wrongs our wrongs for your righteousness the divine eternal exchange in Jesus name
4: amen as we partake today let's release our faith he is the true bread from heaven who took our sicknesses and diseases so we can have his supernatural health So let's partake with this revelation. And as we partake, I want us to see Jesus taking on his body, our physical conditions. So if you have a tumor, if you have a headache, whatever your pain, whatever your sickness or disease that you might have, see it on on his body. It is no longer on you. See his health come on you. He is our provision for anything, anything at all that we ever have need of. Just know that he is our provision for anything and everything that we ever have need of. So I want you also to see that his eyes are burning with love for you. You are precious in his sight. You are perfect. He sees you through the beloved. And before we partake, I, I, we have on the screen uh, a confession, a, pro, a proclamation. And um, this is something I, I, I just think is so powerful. And um, I just uh, share with you a little bit of, uh, then I want you, then we will all proclaim together. But the outward act of faith as the bread and cup taken is explicitly said to be an ongoing active confession. Literally, you are proclaiming. Each occasion of partaking is an opportunity to say, proclaim or confess again. And so I want to say too that we have a copy of this. And after the service, we can have it out in the foyer. But if you want to take it home, and when you um, take communion in your own home, and I really hope that you all know that's really a good idea to do that. A lot of times when we're having problems that come up in our lives, we're not at church. and It may may not be the Sunday we're taking communion. So always feel free to, to partake at home and believe God at home. Um, but let's read this together. Let's proclaim together before we, we take together, all right? Okay. I herewith lay hold of the, of the benefits of Jesus Christ, full redemption for my life. Forgiveness, wholeness, strength, health, health sufficiency. The Lord's, the Lord's Supper, supper is, not, is simply not simply to be a ritual be a re- remembrance, remembrance, but an active, but an active confession, confession, by which will actively, actively will call, will call to memory and appropriate, and appropriate today, today all, that, all Jesus that Jesus has promised, has promised through, through his cross.
0: cross. Amen.
2: See Jesus carrying the bread to you. See Jesus carrying your sins, your sicknesses, and your weaknesses. (laughs) Lift it before the Lord and see him in front of you giving bread. Yes, Jesus. He breaks the bread and says, take it. Let's go ahead and eat it.
0: Thank you, Lord.
2: He says, also, this is my body broken for you. Lord Jesus, by your stripes, by your broken body, I am made whole.
0: Yes, Lord.
2: By your stripes, my family and I are perfectly healed. Thank you. Your life reigns in us. Your health flows throughout our entire bodies. Take the cup. Close your eyes and see Jesus standing in front of you. Thank you, Jesus. And he gives you the cup and says to you, Take now and drink all of it. And he says to you, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Now we tell the Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you, I have redemption through your precious blood. Hallelujah. I declare by faith that through your precious blood, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, my family and I are redeemed from every generational curse.
0: Amen.
2: From every curse of the law, from every curse of sickness and disease, from every power of darkness. And we receive the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of divine health, the blessing of divine prosperity, the blessing of divine favor, the blessing of divine divine protection, all through the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And everybody said amen. Would you stand to your feet? Let's live in the celebration of Jesus' triumphant entry. Let's live in the recognition that after that Hosanna save now, we enter into this place where Jesus cleanses and delivers and frees us. Let's remember and recognize that Jesus will sit and teach and cause us to enter into his Ways which are not our ways Where his thoughts are higher than our thoughts But the bible says in first corinthians chapter 2 that we now have the mind of christ And how many of you know we get the mind of christ by being renewed by his word amen? amen And then let us remember Quiet times I need to push back the schedule I need to push back what's wired what i'm wired to And I need to rest and I need to prepare. And oh, my God, may we enter into a whole new revelation of the Passover meal and what Jesus has done for us by taking all of the wrongs and giving us all of his righteousness. Somebody say praise God. Come on, let's give God a big, huge praise God for that.